AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you, and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host, and we're living in troubled times and difficult times. We're living in a new season in our life, and I want to remind you of one of my favorite stories of the Old Testament. I'm an Old Testament guy. I love reading from the Old Testament stories, and there's a story in in, this, in the book of Second Chronicles, uh, chapter 20. You may have heard his name before and didn't know he was a biblical guy, but Jehoshaphat, uh, weird name, great story. He was living in a difficult time. He was a servant of the Lord, and he was attacked or going to be attacked by three pretty powerful armies. And the Bible says in, in chapter 20, it says, and Jehoshaphat feared. That's what really attracts me to this story. It's not that Jehoshaphat was perfect and he went for a walk on the water and, you know, he was so holy and so perfect and above all reproach. The Bible literally says he feared, which makes him human, which makes him like me. And some of us during this time, and we may still be going through questioning and doubting, Lord, what's going on with Corona? What's going on with this? How am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to survive this? What's going to happen? And Jehoshaphat had these same types of questions, but not only did he fear, but he went another, another step. The Bible says he feared. And then the next thing he did was he called a fast. In other words, he humbled himself. In other words, he set his heart to seek God. And so rather than uh, turn to the news and turn to you know all the all the publications that are spreading fear. He turned to God, and I would encourage you today: turn to God. I'm sure that we have to hear the news, we have to check our email, we have to find out about when is the the kids' school going to open again? Is this year going to be back in the building? Where is the church meeting? Is the church able to meet? All these questions. Uh, I want I want to add something to you. Turn to God, pray, fast, seek His face, because at the end of the day, and you could read the the story. It's a great story in Second Chronicles chapter twenty. At the end of the day, Jehoshaphat he put the whole congregation, the whole uh, all of the people to fast and to seek God. The word of the Lord came, and God told him, "Don't worry, don't fear. You're going to see the salvation." of the Lord this day. And, and he followed the instructions. God told him what to do. God said, one of the things God told him to do was send Judah first. He said, you know what? Instead of worrying, won't you praise and won't you praise and put my, lift my name high. And so that's another thing I want to tell you. Why don't you take some time to praise him? You can't get to church. Most churches are, are not meeting these days, but you can have church right there in your car. You can have church right there in your living room, in your kitchen. You can just lift up a praise of thanksgiving to God, and guess what? He will show up, and if he shows up, then you have no worries because the enemy cannot deal with your mighty God. So you're, you're not alone. You should not be discouraged. You should not even fear because God is for you, and if God be for you, 
Who can be against you? You know, not even Corona could deal with our mighty God. So bring God into the picture. Bring God into your life, and you're going to be fine. Amen. I wish I could hear you say amen right now. Give me a better amen out there. Uh, but I'm here in the studio, and I'm so thankful because, like I say every week, I, I enjoy uh, hearing the word from the, the national preachers. They, I watch them on TV. I hear them on podcasts, and they're awesome all over the world preaching the gospel. But I believe that God has a special place in his heart for the preachers, for the pastors, for that local person, the person that, ha- that carries the burden for the city. And today, here we are in the studio with a man that has a burden for this city, a burden for his city, and a burden for, for where God has called him. I want to introduce to you today the pastor of New Day Church, Pastor Dustin Wooten, and he is here with us. And Pastor Wooten, I want to thank you for coming in and coming on board to AM630, the Word, Church of the Week program. And it's such a pleasure to be here. Uh, really, I... I said we're we're a new church. You've been around three months. I saw your email. I said, "Is this is this for real? Like, is this is this a real thing?" So, thank you, thank you for your ministry. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. It is real. We are real, <laughs> and we we're on real radio, and it's awesome. And I, you know, and I'm I'm grateful to you for responding. Not too many pastors respond. And I want to tell you something, listeners. If you want to hear your pastor on the radio, hey, let him know. Give him my number. And let him know that uh, AM630, the word, wants to talk to him. I'll just plug myself for a minute there. Uh, but, uh, but Pastor, I, I want to introduce you to our listeners today. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Are, are you a PK? Were you, you know, a perfect PK? You, you did nothing wrong, and, and you were born on the third pew, and, and you know, and how, how, how was your experience? Uh, couldn't be really farther from that, honestly. Um, you know, I always say that my story kind of starts before I was born. Um, both of my parents, they were the first Christians in their family. You know, and so um, my my dad is from Houston. My mom is from here in San Antonio. Um, he's Anglo. My mom's Hispanic. And so I kind of grew up in the, that two-world environment. Yeah. And uh, they, they both came out of uh, just these, these massive brokenness in homes and drugs and alcohol and, and just being surrounded by that. And so um, I grew up. In the church. Uh, we actually attended Cornerstone Church here in San Antonio for many, many years, and uh, it's a big place. Yeah. And um, they were faithful. I wasn't a PK, but if the church doors were open, we were there. Yeah. We were there for choir practice, for gospel choir practice, right? If, if it was there, we were present. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, I loved going to church even as a kid. But uh, in all honesty, we had a lot of hardship in our family. We grew up in a trailer. Mm-hmm. I went to a private school. Um, and, you know, people aren't necessarily kind to Australian folk, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I grew up with a lot of that burden for a long time and just never really feeling I fit in somewhere. And so, honestly, by the time I was nine years old, I, I don't remember exactly the circumstances that happened. But I remember just as, like, a family as a whole, we kind of had a big blow up. And I remember sitting down one day and I said, I, if God is real, I hate him. Yeah, because yeah. I was picked on everywhere I went. I just never felt like I had a place. I, and, and things were just so hard. And so um, at that time, I just decided, you know, if he even 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 is real, I really want nothing to do with him. And so that kind of continued on, and I didn't have a lot of friends. I was a super shy, quiet, introverted kid. A lot of that started to change um, as I got a little older. Yeah. So I was a little dude, and I was a really tall guy. I yeah. grew everybody in middle school, and I was like, well, I ain't getting picked on anymore, right? Uh-huh. And um, and I, I just I didn't love life. I didn't love myself, and... I remember I would read the Bible and I would go to church and my parents would, you know, 
make me go to church and I would sneak out or during Sunday school I'd walk out of there and, and there were some Sunday school classes I engaged in but for the most part I really wanted nothing to do with it mm-hmm. and um, I looked in the mirror one day and I just hated what I saw and I became so depressed and I really became suicidal as a 13 year old kid really? and I kept all that to myself I didn't share that with anybody and um uh, there was a, I would be invited to church. I'd be like, hey, look, I go to church. Look, I don't, I don't need what y'all are offering. And a lot of times they invite me to church. But like, you're no different than me. Why would I go with you? And so I just felt like there was nowhere to turn. And I would read the Bible and this God of love and of hope. And I'd be like, nah, that's not my life. I don't see this, God. You mm-hmm. say you're this, but I don't feel it. And so there was a, a, um, a person at, at church, even though I went there, who invited me, but they were kind to me. It didn't matter what I said, what I did, how I acted. I was intentionally being mean, so they would leave me alone. And they never did. And they kept inviting me, and so I said, you know, I'll go to youth group. And so we went to a different church, um, went to the youth group the first time, 150 kids, and I was like, wow, everybody's nice to me here. This is different. I'm not used to this. Yeah. Um, the very first day, someone introduced himself to me, who was much older than I was. Um, and I said, okay, God. They were doing a winter retreat. This would have been August, September time frame. Um, I, I said, okay. I told my parents I want to go on this retreat. They're like, whatever. Well, however we can get you there, where yeah, you're exactly. going, right? <laughs> and um, I had actually written a suicide note and put it in my bag and taken it with me to the retreat. And I, I really was at that place where I was like, God, if you are who you say you are, I need you to reveal yourself to me because I can't live like this anymore. And so that's that's how it all happened for me. God God revealed himself. I can tell you the, the preacher's name was Jay Louder. I, uh, this was in 2004. And he was preaching on Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6. And he just spoke so deeply to me. And uh, immediately I said, okay, God, I hear you. And I felt love and I felt overwhelming hope for the first time in my life. I said, God, I want to be this for people. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I have nothing to offer you. My prayer was simple. I said, God, I don't know why you love me because I have nothing to give you. But what I do have, it's yours. I said, so send me to Afghanistan. Send me to China. Send me to Africa. God, I'm ready. And so that kind of put me on this course. Um, and so I did mission work all through high school. I spent a summer in India when I was 16. Um, every, literally every year I did one, two, three mission trips. God provided for all of them. And it brings us to when I was 18 years old. Um, I was reflecting back on what God was doing in my life. And um, when I was 16 in India, we had people crazy stories. Yeah. I met this man. He was a, a, a rebel from North India. And he's practicing English with me. He said, I was a, how you say, murderer? I murder people. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. And he's like, now I go back and I tell people of Jesus. I said, okay, great, great career change. You know, that's a great choice. And uh, there were these crazy testimonies and stories. And they all had the same passion which was to go back to their people, yes. go back to their village with the gospel. And God convicted me and said, you have no desire to go home. And it was just right then I realized missions, as I have been putting it, wasn't God's calling on my life in that way. It was just a really spiritual excuse to run away. Exactly. That's really all it was for me. Yeah. And so 18, everything pivoted. Um, you know, College, I didn't apply to a single school in Texas. Everything I applied to is out of, out of state or international even. And so... Uh, God convicted me, and I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to start home. I'm going to come here. So I went to community college. Uh, I'm a local. Grew up in shirts my whole life. Um, yeah. We're from the San Antonio area. And uh, I tried. Man, have I tried to get away. Um, but God kept pulling me back. And so I've had this heart to be a pastor since then, and uh, specifically to pastor our church. That That is so interesting, that uh, the dynamic, the running away 
dynamic. You can find a place to run away, even in ministry. Oh, yeah. Not not to engage, not to face your own fears or your own thoughts and attitudes. You know, that you, you, I don't, I'd rather not deal with my stuff. Let me go preach to somebody mm-hmm. else about their stuff. And, and, and God brought you back. Absolutely. He brought you back home. And, and that's the good news about all of this is that it's not because God didn't make all this happen for me because I was the most qualified mm. or because I, I had it all right or all together. One of the things I learned is I, I had a calling on my life, and that was sufficient. Even when, when people told me no, saying there's no way to be in ministry for you, um, kids will never respond to you. I've been a youth pastor for 10 years. You know, and, and all the things that people tell you you can or can't be, I wasn't defined by that. I was defined by what God said. And he, every ministry I've ever had, I did homeless ministry here in San Antonio mm-hmm. for about seven years. Um, that's kind of a crazy story in and of itself. But everything I've ever done, I can take zero credit for. Mm. It's all because God said it was so. And so to him be the glory because there's nothing in me that could have made any of that happen. So how how would you today, taking your testimony of what you shared with us, unpack that for a listener today that perhaps is is struggling with their story, struggling with their reality? You know, because I, I know people, I, I've, I've had to have those difficult conversations. Stop trying to preach to everybody. We got to deal with you. You right in front of God could deal with you. You know, how, how would you unpack that a little bit for our listeners today? Yeah, let me share two stories from Scripture. I, I think the, the, the biggest thing that happens to us as Christians is we, we, we feel like there's a mold that has to be fit. And um, I know, I've heard this from so many people who are lost. Like you said, hey, I'll come to church when I get my life together. Mm. Right? Well, here's the good news of the gospel. I don't have to have my life together. Yeah. I can't. If I had my life together, I wouldn't have needed Jesus to begin with. And so in, in, uh, we, we see in the scripture in the book of John, Jesus goes to Samaria, right? And he sees this lady, um, talks to her at a well, which even that was culturally mm-hmm. inappropriate. And um, they start debating theology, right? She says, well, we worship here and you worship there. And he ta- she talks about, well, I'll find hope and I'll find this when the time is right. And Jesus says, look, I have living water. Yes, we're here at this well, but I have a water that will never run dry and you'll never be thirsty again. And she finally takes the bait and she says, okay, I want that living water. And he says, I will offer it to you. But because of her own sin, Jesus says, look, I realize where you're at. You've had five husbands. The one you're with now isn't even your husband. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, okay, okay, but the Messiah, when he comes, he'll tell me. Her words were this is like, I hear what you're saying, man, and, it, and it's speaking to me. But you don't know me, and only the Savior could love me. And Jesus says, I'm here. I'm here. And immediately she left, and she told the town, and she started saying, look, this man knows everything about me, and he loves me anyway. And so people come to him, and what's amazing by the end of that passage is it says, we came because of your testimony. We believe because we've seen him. Yes. So here's my encouragement. If you struggle with that aspect of shame in your story, be unashamed because God ain't ashamed of you. He, he looks at your story and he relishes in it. It's a glory to him. Right, And that's what's amazing about God is the sinfulness that put him on the cross is now what he uses to find glory in our lives. Mm. And so if you hear those words, I'm not good enough. I'm not educated enough. I don't know the Bible enough. I'm not whatever enough. Know that that is the devil. Mm -hmm. God says, you are enough because I said so. 
I've called you, and your story is of infinite importance. And so Satan wants to minimize your story because, as it says in Revelation, right, Revelation chapter 12, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the message of their testimony. Yes. Right? So our power is in sharing the testimony and who God is. And so I just want to encourage anybody out there, if you feel like you've got nothing to offer, and I've heard this from people who are like, I had a good life, good home. Mm Mm-hmm. I would behave myself in school. I don't have a testimony. I don't have a testimony. (laughs) Well, here's the good news. Your testimony is the providence of God. It's a testimony of your parents. It's a testimony of like, look, those of us with some brokenness in our past, like, Mm -hmm. man, I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. And it lets us know, man, the power of God is possible through anybody. Yes. Wow, that is is powerful. And uh, I appreciate that because none of us are perfect. And we all all have to have that, that experience. That time, and once we've had that experience, because if the enemy can't stop you, he'll try to he'll try to make you believe that that there's nothing good about you. Absolutely, you know. And and one of one of the devotionals you you mentioned earlier uh, this week was about the man that went back to the ten cities because he had that encounter with Jesus. He went back and made a big impact in a big place. You know, because he had that encounter. And so I want to I want to transition a little bit now. Let's let's talk about the ministry. Let's talk about how, you know, because you not everybody that has a moment with God and has that transitional time and they have an encounter and a a conversion moment. Not everybody takes the next step into ministry. Uh, What did you hear? What was that moment that went off in your life that says I should be in ministry? I need to be in front of the mic. I can't just be sitting at the pews. How was that for you? I'll be very honest with you. I would love to say it was uh, with another person, but my whole life I've been told this isn't for you. Hmm. That you, you, this isn't what what you're made to do or made to be, and um, honestly, it was just that moment when I was when I was saved from myself, from my past. Mm-hmm. That I said, "No, God's called me," and I just had this thing in me. And there's been many moments where I've doubted that, where I've said, "Hey, maybe, maybe they were right. Maybe I wasn't supposed to do this." Um, but this last year of my life has been such an affirmation um, of of that calling I felt. And um, even though there were people who I wanted to hear that from, I didn't. There were people who God brought in my path who encouraged me and said, no, this is this is what you need to be doing. This is what God's called you to be. And um, honestly, I, I've had a passion to plant a church for over five years, my wife and I. Um, I'm, I'm married six years as of last weekend. All right. We got a two-year-old, and, and we've got a lot going on there. And we, we've been praying. I've been in ministry our entire marriage. That's how we met was a little bit before that. And um, and so my encouragement to anybody is, look, if God is calling you, he'll make the way. Mm-hmm. But understand, he didn't say he'd make the way easy. Right. Right. He says, uh, come at the door and knock. Look, there's some doors you got to knock some pretty hard on. Uh-huh. Right. Just because it didn't open the first time or at all, that doesn't mean it wasn't ever going to that's open. Right. That's right. And so that's really where we're at is um, I just had that calling and. It took almost a decade for somebody to finally say, yes, mm. we, we support this ministry. We support what you're doing as a pastor. And so now that you have uh, – well, let me ask you this. You, you've made the decision. You're, mm-hmm. you're pastoring. You're planting a church. Yes, sir. How long have, have you been in this planting? So we have uh, – as far as the process goes, we started meeting with the core team in October. But we've only been meeting for three months as a, as a fully functioning wow, church. Wow, I got you right at the beginning. Yeah, that's what I was like, man, how do you hear about me? <laughs> 
(laughs) It was the Holy Spirit. It had to be. It had to be. (laughs) This is the divine meeting right here, (laughs) right right. now. Praise the Lord. So since October of 2019, you've been meeting as a core. Yes. And then you launched your first Sunday was when? January. uh, So I've been January 5th. That was January 5th. First Sunday. And here we are uh, early still in Mm -hmm. 2020. And and, uh, now as 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 a young church dealing with what is being presented not only to San Antonio, Texas, America, to the world, we're all dealing with Corona, um, you know, and, and we need encouragement. We need someone to give us some good news. That's why I thank God for this microphone. I thank Amen. God. And, 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 I'm, and I'm trying to put, bring people on the air that will have something positive to say because you could find a lot of scare tactics everywhere. Oh, you know, and and like I was mentioning mentioning to you earlier, in nine eleven, that next Sunday, churches were packed. Everybody went to church the Sunday after nine eleven because there was a there was a fear factor. You know what's going to happen? I better get my my heart right with the Lord. Today, there's there's a similar fear factor, but now most churches are not able to meet. Right. You know. So now, what do I do? We have to almost reinvent ourselves as a church to see how we're going we're gonna to get through this time. And so my question to you now, Pastor, uh, what, how, how are you doing? What, what are you doing? Because, you know, we all have to go through this, this situation. How are you meeting? How are you going to serve the community in this new way? Well, here's, here's the good news, mm-hmm. right? This did not take God by surprise. That's right. And, uh, you know, ministry was never promised to be easy. And I'm excited. As, as, as crazy as that may sound, this is exciting times to live yeah. in. It's unprecedented. So we, we can either fall and cave and fold, or we can thrive. There's really no in-between here, right? And so if we trust God, which should be, quite frankly, we wouldn't have put all of our eggs in the basket of a church mm-hmm. planter if we didn't. That's right. Um, you know, but, but because we believe he is who he says he is, that he will prosper us. And so here's our plan for now. Um, as I shared with Marcus when we started, I actually got the email while we're sitting talking saying, your contract to me is canceled. Wow. So we are you know, at the whims of other people, and uh, we don't have a building. But that's not news. right? Here's the good news of the gospel is this, is the church is not a building, it's the people. Yes. So our plan is this. Um, we, we are New Day Church. We meet out in shirts, Cibolo, UC. We have folks from all the way all, all out there. And um, our goal is to to put out as much positive content digitally right now as possible. Mm-hmm. So our Facebook page, we're doing it via email, via text message. Um, but our goal is, as a church is we, we can't be afraid. Right. We still have to meet. And so here's the, the thing is if you have a home, that can be where the church meets. Yeah. And you can invite those people who are panicking and fearful because um, if they see a church um, meeting in a building, they may say, oh, look, they're putting people at risk. Right. You know, this is an opportunity to where if you've never been in ministry, we have the the opportunity for the church to rise in an unprecedented level that every disciple can make a profound difference in the world around them. And that it's a calling. That's not because you are living the right way or or know enough Bible or prayed enough. It's simply because the times warrant it. Mm -hmm. So the church can stand and meet. And so we're going to stream in services in people's homes. And that's how we're going to continue meeting. What's, what's your forward. website? We are newday416.church. 416. Yeah. Uh, naming a church is incredibly difficult. <laughs> it is hard to find something that's not been taken. We went name after name after name, and uh, you know, it just kind of came we, we, from a scripture reference. Yeah. 
2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Brothers, take heart, because outwardly we are wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Amen. So that's where that 416 comes from. So New Day. New Day. 416.church. Dot church. Yeah. All right. So that's where we can find you. That's where we can get information on how to connect with yes. you. Yes. Your passion is contagious. I, I love it. And, and I know you guys are going to survive. It's just a matter of how we get through these next couple of weeks. Yeah. This is not over. The church is not coming to an end. We are not hopeless. We, are, we have hope, and we know that we're going to get through this. You know, and I'm, I'm reminded on some of the, the – the the how could I say the uh, the Bible big shots I'm, I'm, I call them you know they they went through some trouble I mentioned one early in this in in the intro uh, Jehoshaphat he was he was dealt a difficult situation and he sought the Lord I'm reminded of Esther when Esther went through a difficult time I mean, she absolutely. fasted uh, Jacob wrestled with an angel uh, Isaiah repented he said woe is me you know and he made himself available to God. Aaron stood in between the dead and the living, and the nation was saved. Caleb Amen. took the mountain. You know, he believed. He was part of the two that believed, and he didn't, he didn't give up. Hannah, she went in, and she just prayed. She was not satisfied with man, and she went and prayed, and God opened her womb. Nehemiah built the wall, uh, and Jesus rose from the dead. And so if he, if he did and all these people did that, we can overcome. So, Pastor Dustin, thank you so much for being part of the, of the program today. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we're going to find you. Give me the website one more time. New Day. 416.church. And look for Pastor Pastor Wooten and find out where they're meeting. Be part of it. And San Antonio, God bless you. Don't fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And remember that perfect love cast away all fear. God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.